What's up, motherfuckers? Welcome to episode seven of Low Life Chopper Podcast. Appreciate you guys tuning in, as always. And we kick this one off the same way we kick off every episode to say a huge thank you to our longtime sponsor, Crazy Customs. That's uh, Crazy and Customs, both with a K. They are the go-to guys for paint jobs, and I hear they come with a happy ending. Yeah, they'll love you a long time. Every time. (laughs) (laughs) Huge thank you to those guys, but uh, yeah, we'll, we'll dive right in. We had a couple things come up this week, the first of which being myself getting back on the road with the Roadstar, which kind of leads into the first thing that I wanted to talk about. That sexy beast. She's a nice, she's a nice bike, but she's she's a big bitch. She's a big bitch. <laughs> she is pushing after sitting on the side chick and then going back to the roadstar. It's like holy shit, right. you got to maneuver that thing. Yeah, that's around. what I said to him when I first pulled in the driveway. Because now that I've only even even with uh, the hood rack, it's got a fat ass end, but still, when I stand behind your bike, it just looks so goddamn fucking wide. It does compared to being on a chopper. That thing needs to get. You just need down. that smaller tank, and that thing yeah. fucking tiny tank. Chop. So for the people listening, this this other bike, the one that gets me to and from when I'm not actually riding the XS650, is the uh, two. It's a 2000 Yamaha Roadstar, 1600 cc engine. The thing is fucking huge, but so is the tank, and so is the rear fender. And once I take that tank off, first project this week is take that tank off. Put a little, it's like a three gallon Mustang tank. So super sweet, like low tunnel, yep. sits right up on the backbone. So you'll see the engine's just gonna like jump out of that bike because the, the engine is 70% of the bike. It's yeah. so big. I still like the Frisco tank, the Frisco sporty tank on that bike. It looks it's just so badass. It does look badass, but if you type Roadstar Bobber into Google, they all have every it. single person. It's like, you know what would look great on this bike? <laughs> I bet no great. one's ever thought of just doing do a Roadstar. On that Nobody the, has that. <laughs> How's oh, the God. frame under there? Is it is it a tube? Like, Straight tube, yep. See, because my single tube. was like a brick underneath <laughs> there. Like, there was... Big square stock. Yeah, it was yeah. horrible. So there was nothing I could do with it, and... I had a, it looked like a six gallon tank on there that only hold four because I had to fit my frame underneath. Right, yeah, so, it's going over such a wide spot. Yeah. Yeah, the ben, the benefit here is, like I said, it's a, it's a thick tube. It's probably like inch and a half. That's but, not too uh, bad, though. But it's definitely, it's just that single tube and there's nothing in the way. So yeah. I'll just drill two holes in it, throw a little top hat bung in each one, little weld around it, and then just do a little uh, three-gallon tank on there. It kind of looks, it's like a wide, a slightly wider version of the alien tank that's on the XS. Yeah. yeah. So it's right in that ballpark, and it's still got, uh, like, Petcock in the back. And what are you going to do with the fender? Are you just going to chop the one you have, or are you going to... Chop the one I have. I'm going to chop the one I have, and then I'm going to, um, because I don't want to lose the back seat. That's my big thing is... This is the only bike that uh, Fox can ride with me on. That's true. So if I chop the back seat, because a lot of people, they take the front fender and they make it into the rear fender. Right. And I'm not running a front fender anyway, and I still have it. So I was thinking about that, but then I'm like, as soon as I do that, now it's like she can never come. So I got to have one bike I can ride with her on. So I'm going to leave that fender, chop it right after the sissy bar ends, and then do one of those little kick-ups. So I would like hammer it, a nice little flare. Yeah. Into the back to that give it some, some character. Nice. And it's got one of those tombstone taillights on it. So I was thinking about doing 
I saw I saw a picture. I can't remember where I saw it. But somebody inverted the tombstone, and then so the light instead of shining down onto the plate, it was like shining up, and the plate was up on the sissy bar. It was uh, it was a sweet fucking look. And mine has pretty, the same like little yeah. blue drilled light. If anybody knows what that's about, fuck. I've write actually, to us. I've had this conversation with somebody. Why that it's blue like a fucking and I don't yeah. Remember why? Somebody came up to me one time at a gas station and was like, "Where did you get that blue light?" And I was like, it's just part of the tail light. And he was like, no, it's not. And then I looked it up, and it wasn't. So yeah, whoever I bought this bike from drilled out the tail light to put that little blue accent light. I didn't realize it was a thing. Huh? But yeah, I've seen that. So like at all the swap meets, all of I'm sure you know, but people have well, they sell those fucking coffin style tail lights for Harley's, and every one of them has a fucking blue light in it. Yeah. And I remember asking a guy like, what the fuck is that about? And he told me, but obviously I didn't give a fuck enough to listen. I'm just going to Google that show what you guys are talking about. This. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I guess it, there's something to it, but his had the same. So I'll probably end up flipping the tail light, either that or now that I live in New Hampshire and I can actually mount it vertically, I might put it down by the axle. And that way, if I have to strap a huge, this goes back to the motorcycle camping thing, I was like, if I have to strap a duffel bag onto right. the sissy bar, I don't want to have to worry about like, oh, well, now it's covering the plate. And then all of a sudden, I can't put as much shit on now, there. Are you going to keep that regular sissy bar? Or are you going to get like a 40 inch like you got on the XS? I probably, the, the good thing is Because those bikes, if you guys haven't seen them, those bikes, when they're um, bobbed out, if you will, or chopped, they look fucking badass. That You can really make them look like a small, tight bike. Right. So, I feel like that 40 inch fucking... I think it would look good. <laughs> it wouldn't have to. It wouldn't have to be as long because with the, because this one comes from the fender up. You that know what I mean. Right. My forty inch comes from the axle up. Right. That's so right. you lose like two feet. And I actually like, had that talk with somebody. I think probably on Facebook, and he. So he didn't have a chop. He had a bobber. Right. And he wanted to do the same thing with the forty, from the fender. So I sent him a picture of my bike. I'm like, this Sky is forty, high. from the fucking frame. Right. I'm like, and it's all, it's. It's not too high. It, it, I think it's perfect when you go from the frame. Yeah. But from the fender, that's fucking huge. It's too tall. Like, there's some overpasses you're not making it under. <laughs> <laughs> I have the, the 40 on the XS from the axle is higher than my handlebars in the back. Is it? Yeah. It's wicked fucking high. Shit. It was from, uh, oh, man. Actually, now that I think about it, I don't think the... I have the 40. I think I got the 35 from. Yeah, I think yours is a little lower. From, uh, what's that place called? The place metal, I got mine? Is it Metal Ironworks or some shit like that? Factory. Factory Metal Factory Works. Metal Works, yeah. yeah. Mine came from Bison Motorsports. Oh, I, yeah, that's right. I remember you telling me that when I was looking for one. The Nomad. Yeah, it's got that, like, uh, diamond up at the top. Yeah. Which looks sick. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. I like the way that's shaped. I just needed... I just wanted the tallest one. That was the tallest yeah. one they had, and it just happened to be that diamond. I still need to make something to go inside that diamond. Yeah, I don't like the size you of the system. You should just Chucky doll from a noose. From that diamond. Yeah. <laughs> that would be fucking cool. <laughs> this bike's getting better by the second. Yeah, I just have like one of those like creepy baby dolls and just like take an arm and a leg off and just say you chop Hang the baby. Hang off the back. <laughs> the official chopper. So that one needs, it's got to have, uh, eventually I'll get a taller sissy bar, but uh, right now once I pull the tank, tank's got the ignition. Like the ignition is mounted to the backbone oh, yeah, of the frame. So when you, if you want to switch the tank, you have to take the tank off, you have to cut the ignition out of the backbone, and then you have to cut 
the mounts for the tank because there's these like weird circular rubber mounts that like you mm-hmm. kind of shove the tank into as it seats down onto the frame. So to get rid of it, it's not like a, oh yeah, I'll just take it off and put a new tank on. There's a there's a bunch of steps. It's not hard to do. Is I just yours need... like how mine was with the airbox under the tank? No, my airbox is uh, on the right. It's like it would be on like your, your standard Harley. Oh, okay. It's yeah. like the right above the car. Did you remember? Uh, mine is just a. It's just um, a K and N filter that has that strip. hose clamp. Yeah, and it clamps right under the car, under the fucking tank. Yeah, that, the, some of them are set. weird as fuck, like that. Yeah, That's, that fucking sucks. The way my ex was is you. Uh, it had like this tombstone look or shield looking airbox on there that like tucked up over the frame and you put the tank down on it so if you wanted to get to your car you had to take the tank off this is hypercharger territory right here it was so (laughs) it was so bad and i attempted to um you know just get the k&n on there but then it was like oh yeah i have one of those like Triangle flanges on there, so I couldn't get it. Oh to man, sit they just right. they make it make it, it so hard for huh? So I was so glad to get rid of it. Sorry, guy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's get back into the topic here. So we're gonna start talking about the oil, which bag you right. run, which bags, the pros and cons of running a smaller bag to a a smaller oil bag to a bigger oil bag to a internal fucking oil to a stock oil bag. Right, I'll, definitely. I'll start, about that. I'll yeah. start, I've only ever had internal. So I've always liked that because like it's right there and you know it's not something you have to run a hose to. It's just it's built into the engine. See, that's weird. I've never had an internal ever in my life. Yeah, I mean everything is right there accessible to me right on the engine. It's all one piece. Yeah, see I'm a big fan of running like the aftermarket oil bag, because like we were talking about before we started the show, I literally just have a fucking dump tube that comes out of the bottom of my oil tank that has a screw, well, a bolt, threaded into it. So when it's time to change my oil, I just pull that fucking tube out from my frame and it hangs right down below so I can fucking drop right in the oil pan, unscrew that bolt, drain my oil. There's something to be said for that, because that's like with my XS, it's got it, it's, I love the idea that I didn't have to mount an oil tank somewhere because it was less to do mm-hmm. and it was like one less thing to like rattle the fuck off and then you got to make ma- make sure your mounts are done correctly and I I didn't want to deal with all that and I was pumped that it was internal but when it's internal it's got its own set of challenges and two two of those things one there's two drain bolts one for the sump and one for the the actual like where the oil sits like your conventional right. oil drain bolt so you got two separate bolts you're crawling under the bike to get to these you need to make sure you can get a pan underneath so like if you've chopped it and it sits lower now you're trying to stuff like a a little pan down there and it can be a bigger pain in the ass and here's my question and the then also one yeah is that like when you run into the problem if it sits too long that it sumps out and no, it's like it's got a sump in the bottom of the engine that uh, where it all collects after it runs through the engine. Right. And then it goes through an oil pump and it goes back up to the top and it has to like... Yeah. The same way that on a external oil tank you have the three lines. Right. And one of them is like the return line. It's basically this the same thing as that. Right. I just didn't know if it had that problem because I know it was like the earlier like... 
Harleys, like Ironhead and fucking like the Flatheads and all that shit. If you just leave your bike sitting there for an extended, like, I don't know what the fucking time frame is. Like, I think it's longer than, I don't know, say a fucking year. If the bike's not running, then that, the motor's going to sump out with the oil because the oil's not getting circulated through or whatever, whatever huh. the fuck it does. Eventually, we'll have Chopper Bob on here, and I'll have him explain it because he explained it to me. But uh, Wouldn't that be with any bike, though, if you let it sit too long? Because I've never had all, a problem. I mean, all oil has a shelf life to it. Yeah, but it's not the life of the oil. It's just from it sitting too long. It does. I don't know what the fuck it does. I'll, okay. I don't want to talk anymore about it because I don't know the fucking facts. I don't want to sound like a fucking ass hat. But <laughs> I know in my sports gear, with the EO motor, it doesn't do that because my sports are sat for three years in a fucking shed through summer, winter, for, for fucking three years. Right. And I charged the battery, went out to the shed, hit the button, and started. I'm not trying to be an so, ass, but what fucking state do you live in where you only have summer and winter for three years? I said, went through all the seasons, <laughs> summer, winter, all that shit. That's pretty much what it is in New Hampshire. It's, it's right. winter, and then it's summer, and then it's winter again. That's true. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, like, you get the two sides of the coin there, right? Like, you don't have to deal with the external oil tank and routing the lines... And, you know, the potential, like, because where it's mounted, sometimes your chain is flinging around right in the right. mix. The potential yeah. to fucking cut one of your lines. I've heard a couple of those problem. stories. Yeah. I, that problem. I remember when I first got the hood right, you had to come over. And we literally had no fucking tools. Again, parking lot building. Always. And my fucking chain, because that drop frame, was smacking up against my oil tank. Oh, yeah. That's right. Grease came over one night after work. It was already getting fucking dark. And we're literally out there, and I think I had, like, all my tools are at my dad's house where I'm building the uh, step job. So I think I had, like, <laughs> what did I have? Like, a pair, like a crescent wrench. And that a was rusted. And a frame and hammer. And I was just pounding these washers trying to get it so I could bend it up so I could move it over enough. But the frame was in the way. But thankfully, we got it over enough and fucking fixed it. So that comes with, like, what you're saying with the internal. Because a lot of guys, they run the smaller oil bags. They don't want that big, clunky fucking stock oil bag or the four quart like I have. Right. But then on the other side of that, the smaller your fucking oil bag, if it's not an internal, the shorter time that fucking oil is gonna be good for, like you were saying. Yeah. After you're running that for so long that oil burns out and loses its fucking and viscosity, it's, yeah. Right. So mean. the smaller your oil bag it and it's kind of a trade off really. Like to piss oil, so that's the other thing, yeah. I'll if you're, say if you're my, fucking my 87 does not leak a drop. I'll park that in the first parking lot anytime and prove it. Does, Evo does motor. Wrong. Yeah. Yeah. That's only for the Evo. Anything else? Yeah, iron. Anything if you have an iron head. 86, mm. you're fucked. If you got an iron head, carry an oil pan with you. <laughs> you fucking God. my goddamn chair. I didn't break the chair. <laughs> this is why we need to be in the iron stools. I know. Fucking uh, the cam chair is letting God, us down right now. We had equipment no, malfunction. No, my fat ass cannot sit on those items. Even the fucking chairs are breaking down. That's yeah, it. Well, that's probably because my We got chopped out fucking cam chairs. Out chairs. All of our chairs are rigid. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. But, I mean, I, I kind of looking forward to the next bike having the external oil tank. Just because draining it would be so easy. Right. And it, it's like you got one bolt. You drain it out. You plug it back in. It's not You're not crawling under the bike. Yeah. And you can literally put, I forget where I saw that too, but you take the catch pan and you just put a, like a piece of newspaper right next to your little drain bolt and it runs down the paper oh, yeah. over into the catch pan. I've done this before. Yeah. So it, it seems so easy. It doesn't work as good as the fucking videos on YouTube set. No? No, it doesn't work that fucking great. 
So one thing I did do on my sports before it became like a job is uh, on the side of my battery box, like that when I had the bulb, as you guys know, from the fucking clubbing days, yeah. I got my name Loctite because everything fell off my fucking bike. So that fucking bolt always used to rattle out of my fucking drain uh, tube. Oh shit. So we had- that sounds horrible. Yeah, it was fucking terrible. So oil would just stopped leaking out. It was fucking bad. So I brought it to uh, a bike shop. This was before I was like comfortable welding and had him weld like a nipple on my battery box. So then I took that tube and just plugged it in that nipple with a little fucking hose clamp on it. So again, it was just take that hose clamp off and drain the fucking oil out. Huh. Hmm. But real quick, I know this is off subject what we had plenty to talk about, but you just said about your next build and blah, blah, blah. Right. So just real quick, I just want to see, I know we're all like in the middle of finishing our fucking projects now, but hypothetically, realistically, what is your next build? Next build, hands down, I've seen too many of them for me to go any other direction. I want a shovel. I got to put that out there too to everybody listening to this. If you come across a shovel for sale, four grand or under, it doesn't have to be perfect condition. You know, I'm a four grand or under, it's not going to be. But um, it'd be great to get it all as one unit, buy like a just a stock shovel that right. somebody's getting rid of, even if the mileage is a little high, and just go at it because I really wanted to make that bike that I remember seeing that got me into chops, which was the, the quintessential hardtailed shovel with the open primary. And so you the, plan on keeping this like a big bike, like a big job or like tight and narrow Paco frame shovel? It'll be tight and narrow Paco frame, but it'll have that open primary. It's obviously going to be foot clutch, nice. jockey shift, all the usual stuff. But... Um, I just I've seen so many fucking sweet looking shovels and I love the sound of that dry clutch I really want a dry clutch chop that is like one of the most distinct like when you hear that like before you see it you're like here comes a shovel it sounds like like there's an accident happening on the road like as soon as somebody pulls that in you're like oh yikes that bike's about to fucking blow up you're like oh it just sounds like that alright so CP a realistic build something that you can honestly say that's what you are going to be looking for after. It doesn't have to be like like next year or the whatever. Uh, what I, is your next build after the Saturday? I, I'm not gonna lie, it's probably gonna be an XS650. Just yeah, because, buddy. just because a Grease has been through everything it's, with that bike. It's a solid bike. It's a build. solid bike. It's got you know, it's got the kick which I really want. And all of them are kick too. I will say yeah, that's the great thing about that's it. That's probably the cheapest way to get into a kicker. And and the thing is yeah. there's what we've always talked about is the amount of stuff out there is it's just instrument every time I look at a website for hardtails you see XS650 yeah right you see you're looking up um, parts or something like that for my bike and someone will talk about the wiring on an XS650 and I'm just like fuck like <laughs> can't we talk about what and I got the right great now? thing about so by the time you are ready to make that move to that next fucking build if it's gonna be an XS650. Grease is gonna be an absolute fucking master mechanic of the XS650. Yup. So <laughs> at this point, it's, our, it's already fucking yeah. every single thing that has gone on with that bike, I've pretty much run into it. And I guess for me not being, you know, comfortable with, you know, doing welding or, you know, electrical as you can all tell, because my bike is still not running. 
But having someone who knows everything about it at my disposal, right, through every phase that I know I'm gonna go through, means that that's gonna be my next build. By that time, you guys have built something else, and maybe down once I get through that, you know, yeah. I look at something else. But that's definitely the next on my list. Right, is definitely sure. an XS650. I would love to weld the hardtail onto that bike. Depend. So like, if this came at a time where like. We get the garage. We got. To, I don't want to jump ahead here on topics. We'll talk about yeah. setting up the garage later. But um, that's something that I'd really like to do next. Is sure. like, I don't want to drop it off to get the hardtail put on. That's what I did in my last one because I didn't know how to weld. Now I know how to weld, and now the next person that hardtails a bike, I want to be the one that hardtails that bike. Oh, for sure, for sure. Uh, well, yeah, frame jig. So I know this sounds fucking absolutely crazy, but. I have two Evo chops already. I'm not building another fucking Evo. I thought you were about to say third. I was like, there's another Evo. For as long as I live, I won't, because I know right now I have two dependable bikes I can always jump on. Well, actually, the hood rest's not the dependable. That bitch scares me, because I always feel like something's yeah, going to break. Yeah, thing is. Once you have a breakdown on a bike, it sucks, because you never trust it again. It's like yeah. when your girl cheats on you. You don't want to fuck it, but you don't trust it that much. <laughs> uh, this is my so, favorite new analogy. <laughs> anyways, so... This usually isn't what people are like, really like looking for, but my next build 100% is going to be an early Ironhead, for sure. Probably like 69, somewhere around that era. And I know it's a fucking pain in the ass to keep on the road, but like I said, I already have two dependable bikes. I really want to build, and I, it's kind of... I don't you really want to have a love-hate relationship. Well, no, it's not even that, but it's like... So I, like I said, I have two very dependable bikes. It, I look at it as more of like a challenge. And I'm like, that's just how I am. I like a fucking challenge. And I want to be able to make that fucking bike run absolutely amazing and be able to show up on all the fucking shows with it. Just be like, fuck you, I did it. Are you looking like you want Chopper Bob style Ironhead? Were you talking like a 60s, early 70s with a Magneto? Right. Or are you talking late style like uh, early, Maddie? Early like Magneto, like, like pretty much like Brandon's and fucking Chopper Bob style yeah. with the full Magneto and all that bullshit. And that one's gonna be, that's not gonna be like the build that I'm doing now. Like it's not gonna be one that I'm gonna try to get done in nine months, a year. That's gonna be like something that's prolonged and. That's a Rudy style two years, build. Three years, just make it like the most sickest fucking Ironhead the East Coast has ever seen. So. Hell yeah, that's, man. That's, that's where I'm at with that one. That's so, gonna be fucking sweet. I would right. love to, because I, I love those Magnetos. Right. Anything that's like sans battery, where it's just like a. A different system and that big like chunky thing poking out the side and the whole bike runs on that thing right i fucking love that concept right i love that so that's i hope the, you find one of those be the, the bike that that's where i'm gonna crack my fucking virginity on building a motorcycle motor because there you go so i've never done I've never gone into a motor of a bike ever i've fully built like car motors like from bottom up but right. For some reason, that tiny little fucking motor scares the shit out of me. So <laughs> that I mean, motor is a great one to work on too, and I actually still have all the pictures of when I took mine apart. Oh, perfect. That I could send to you. Perfect. Because uh, I never, I never got into the lower. I didn't split the cases on it. Right. But um, cylinders down. Mm -hmm. It was definitely super fucking easy. So easy. So much even easier, I would say, than the XS. To get into it. I remember thinking after I had sold the Ironhead and bought the XS that it was a little more of a pain in the ass 
even though everyone's like, oh, the X is so reliable, so easy to work on. It is, but it's really easy to work on that that Ironhead platform. Yeah, right. See, super easy. And that's my thing. Like, I, I'm one of those guys, I don't like to follow anybody else. Like, I love Harley, so don't get me wrong. They're awesome bikes, but... I don't, I don't really want one because everybody has one. Like there's um, that guy we saw at Full Speed Ahead with the orange Triumph. Yeah, yeah uh, he was, was friends with uh, Babe's Bikes and Beards. What yeah, the hell was I can't remember his name. I, I, I'm sorry, I can't remember your name, but that bike, man. Yeah, cool. but now like, like I talked to Truth about this when we did his phone interview. More guys are building different bikes than Harley's now. Because Harley's are so fucking expensive right now. Right. Like, everybody's going the alternate route, the Triumphs, the XSs, the fucking Savages, because it's fucking cheaper. But, I don't know, I'm just... <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm an all Harley guy now. I have to... I'm all in. I, once you buy the belt buckle, that's yeah, it. You're I sold. eventually, though, I... After you have a t-shirt, too? I don't have any fucking Harley. The only thing I have <laughs> is a belt buckle I'm wearing, and it's a fucking Iron Head <laughs> belt buckle from the 70s. It was stamped on the back. As, I think it's 1970. Yeah. It's got the VIN number. Yeah, it must have yeah. got the, the yeah. frame, the motor, and the belt so buckle. And they're like, fucking. Frame, put the belt buckle in. I'm going to put the belt buckle recessed in my gas tank. There you go. There you go. No, so, That'd be sweet. But then I'm not, that's nothing that's coming soon. Next year, 100% is no build is going on in my life. I'm trying to finish. Take a year to ride. Yeah, I'm trying to take. I'm try, hopefully, the stepchild will be done by winter. Well, the end of winter, ready for spring. And then that whole year is just maintaining that and riding because this year has been tough on all three of us for sure dude we have i went from averaging ten thousand miles a season to i think i have maybe 300 miles this year i don't want to talk about it yeah it's been rough it really has that's part of part of that switch right is like when you're in that build phase and you are like fumbling your way through it the way we are we're not professionals at this right, shit. right. so it's like you spend a lot of time off two wheels because you're and still I even have working two out bikes. the kinks. <laughs> I even yeah. have two bikes. I have a running bike, but every spare moment I have, I would rather be trying to finish my build rather than riding my other one. Right. It's like, I don't know. I, and I've said this before. I don't know if I enjoy working on the bikes more or riding at this point. That's <laughs> tough to say. Like it's, it's, know, it's hard. It's weird because I love riding don't ever like you, you know you hop on your bike you go one two three hundred mm-hmm. miles a day and it's not even i don't break a sweat with it mm-hmm. but like there's that that peace you get from building your own thing you know and knowing it inside and out that just like the reward of hopping on it like i know when i finally Figure out what the fuck I need to do with this wiring. And if any of you have a Savage out there and have rewired it to have literally nothing, hit me up at CP Savage Shop on Instagram because I'm I'm at a loss. But anyway, when I finally kick get this thing to kick over, I'm gonna I'm gonna be like Christmas morning on that bike riding down the road. Right. Hell yeah. You gotta bring yeah. it over here. Start working on it here. Oh, Work for on sure. it the same nights we do this shit. Yeah. You know? Yeah. At least then we at least you'll get one night a week working on it exactly. and you've got a garage to put it in. Oh, I'll be here. Newest addition to the garage in the hall. Your garage door and be like, Grease them in your garage. Well it's not I'm not <laughs> gonna be far behind you with that too, because once yeah. once I pull like we were talking about at the beginning, when I pull the tank off the road start whole wiring harness got to change. Yeah. Because everything runs, there's a whole switch that plugs in through that tank. 
mm-hmm. all that shit's got to get pulled out and it's got to get a whole new the ignition is going to get cut off of the backbone so you got to put a new ignition you know a new key switch in there it's like the whole thing it's going to be the same boat as you where it's like yeah. you're not building the whole wiring harness from scratch but it's surprisingly it's more complex because you're trying to figure out what is what right and i feel like there's there's some difficulty we're gonna have to learn to do what fucking brandon said and not mutilate the harness too badly yeah on the that first was like a stab down. in the heart last time because i was like uh yeah did you already do it yeah i <laughs> already done that i have the same problem right now with uh the hood rat because when those wires got ran and went through the frame but they left the fucking switches on the bars for some reason. And there's no directionals. There's no fucking horn. So they have those two big gaudy fucking switches up on the bars for the headlight and the fucking starter. It's like handheld saddlebags. Right. So now it's like I have to take those off. But then all my wire goes through the frame. So it's going to be a fucking nightmare trying to relocate those things unless I mount them up front. Well, those switches don't go to anything. You can just take all those out. Yeah, but the switches are still connected to my headlight and then connected to my starter. Oh, that that part then, I've done those, on the Roadstar. We could take those out those for you. And those wires come off of those and they go into the frame. Right. So, yeah, and then you but you've already from, got it yeah. pulled through the frame. So that all you got to do, we'll, we can dive into that because I did that with the Roadstar. Roadstar's got clean bars now. Right. And it used to have, that's the Roadstar's a picture we posted today. Um, black bike with a little orange well, jockey shifter today. on it. This is airing. Oh on fuck yes, yeah, there's on Friday. All right, so you'll this... never find it. It'll be buried by then. <laughs> Don't even look for it. <laughs> go back about but six yeah. posts. And yeah, go so find got, it. I got that to do this one. I want to clean the bars up completely. Do that smaller throttle, jockey shifting. This is all just on the fucking roads on the, on the uh, hood rad, jockey shifting that bike. Plus, I asked a lot of fucking Brandon. I really do. I'm trying to get him to wire the fucking step uh, stepchild. Plus, now I want him to pinstripe the fucking hood rat. He's going to be a busy Brandon. guy. I love you. I'll give you the reach around next time I see you. <laughs> no, don't. Maddie's going to get so jealous. Yeah, we already shouted out Crazy Customs. We can't be sending him to two different places. So, actually, while we're talking about stuff that you got to do, let's talk a little bit about something you just recently did, which is the tank and the oh. fender... For CP Savage Shop, this thing came out fucking badass. Are we posting pictures of this? No, so we're going to post the pictures Friday morning when this goes out. That way it all fucking makes sense. Yeah. So CP will post all the pictures. I'm going to send him all the befores and all the durings, and he's going to take new afters once the sunlight hits it and all that bullshit. Oh, yeah. I'm going to set it up nice and neat on the deck, have it looking... We need 20,000 lumens on these tanks. Oh, yeah. 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 Nothing less. I mean, it's... It is just, like, more than I expected. You know what I mean? Like, I was knew you were going to, like, jump in and do, like, a sick paint job. But, I mean, with that intricate, like, wrap that you have with the pinstriping of the white, it's just, like, it, it definitely is going to turn heads, and I can't wait. Like, I can't even describe I've only seen it for, like, five, ten minutes. So I feel like, like it, it's, it's got, like, a geometric type look on that side where where it's squared yeah the uh, the pinstripes are squared and it's like it really is you just gotta check out our instagram feed to see a picture of it because we'll never be able to do justice to the paint job itself and the funny thing is it's like so cp absolutely loves the tins and this goes back to what we talked about last week about the self-hate 
on yeah, everything true. that you do. And I'll be the first. And I, I even texted him before he seen the tank uh, and the fender today that it fucked up. And so I painted my bike with rattle cans and I used, what did I use? Rust-Oleum. rust with the Spray Max 2K clear. Came out like fucking glass. With his bike, I went with the Candy Apple Red. From Krylon. From Krylon with like, it has a lot of metallic flake in it. And I really wanted to fucking pop because leaving this frame black. So that was the only fucking company that made the Candy Apple in a fucking spray can. So I sprayed that out. The paint itself looked fucking amazing. It had a little bit of orange peel, but I was able to fucking sand that out. But then for some reason, when I hit it with the Spray Max, it just orange peeled like you fucking read about. So I texted him, let him know that it was all fucked up and I fucked this whole shit up. And he was like, that's cool, I still like it. <laughs> so I wet sanded again. I got 90% of the orange peel out and I hit it again. Cause I did what Maddie said. I talked to him before, he said do three or four coats, wet sand it, three or four coats, wet sand it. And every time I laid down clear again, after I wet sanded it, just fucking orange peeled again. But, so, I mean, it's an even orange peel across the whole tin. So it looks only, like it's almost supposed to be there. Yeah, and there's only one kind of blemish texture. that's on there that, like, is, like, noticeable enough that you'd be like, oh, that yeah. is a rattle can. And that's right on the top where it comes. It's almost like a scar right, right. down it. But and the funny thing I don't is, so, give a shit because, like, I like that done at home look right like right. i i've never been a fan and no offense to anybody who does good paint work maddie um or reach arounds or reach arounds <laughs> fucking happy endings but you know it's it's that garage look that i like yeah you know what i mean I've and always... the funny thing is i was actually bouncing this off of grease during the week while i was doing it i talked to chopper bob because he's painted a few bikes with spray cans and he was like talking about the ledge because i was like stressed the fuck out because I wanted to give you like the eight prime perfect fucking paint job. And he was like, listen, it's never gonna happen painting outside. He's like, those are just called birthmarks. Yeah. And I was oh, like, I like that's that. Epic. I like that. <laughs> that is epic. My bike has <laughs> fucking birthmarks. And, and it's scholars. got, it's like got it. great, it literally came out as like a texture. I yeah. literally thought, when I first saw the tank, I thought it was, a, that it was part of the paint, right. that like it was meant to have this textured look. Because everybody knows what orange peel looks like, but. This is, it's weird, and this gets into what we wanted to touch on, too, for anybody out there that's doing their bike with a rattle can and Spray Max 2K Clear, like we've talked about, is I think that this was a, a situation where Krylon and Spray Max don't get along, because orange peel usually sits on the top, and this is, this is it sits on the bottom. It's really weird, because he did the clear, and he wet sanded the clear, and when you wet sand it, all this stuff comes off, but then you hit it with another coat of clear, and it's not, you run your finger over it, you don't feel it. Anything. It's, it's, it's literally a reaction glass. in the paint, yeah. and it's on the bottom level, and the only difference, because I did my bike with Rust-Oleum and Spray Max, and this didn't happen on mine, I but really you think still that it's, have some orange peel on there. But I have a little orange, but it's so in the clear. It's yes. in the clear though, because right. I and I didn't wet sand. Okay. So if I wet sand that today, I could probably take that orange peel out. I was too lazy to do it, so that was a result of not wet sanding. But his 
he wet sanded it with like 3000 grit. Yeah. I really think that Krylon and Spray Max, this is the tip we wanted to give to you guys here. Those two might not mix. Yeah. I not, used Rust-Oleum and I didn't have this problem and I really think that it's right. just a case of And I don't know for sure, Matt, if you want to weigh in on the fucking the pictures once CP post them and maybe tell us what the fuck happened. But from what we know, we're just thinking some kind of fucking reaction to the Krylon and the fucking Spray Max. I, I like I said, I tried everything. Seriously? I tried wet sanding it, but every time you hit it with the clear again, it just orange peeled again. So. And I'm just gonna add it out there, like if anyone else has you know done a rattle can and used Rust Oleum or used Krylon and had the same issue, hit us up. Let us know. We we like to learn just as much as we like to talk. You know, definitely. We all want to do better paint jobs. Right. So if there's a for cheap, at least for me. Yeah. <laughs> no doubt. So, but hey, they look, at the end of the day, they look fucking fantastic. Yeah, I, I'd be I'm proud totally to put that shit on it's my bike. It's kind of for sure. People are definitely going to notice you. And like I said, you haven't even seen it in the sun yet. Because by the time I got here, it was all fucking shade. It looks like a total different color in the daylight. It's Which is even it's better insane. because it's not going to look the same throughout the day. Right. Which I like. And also, you know, not knowing what the colors are going to be and not even giving you any input on what I had envisioned. The fact that you went with candy apple red and I have always wanted to do red rims with white walls. And now I have a candy apple red tanks and tin. I was like... And you got a white seat coming. Yep. And I have a white seat coming from uh, your brother. So... Do you see why I said do the white seat now? Yep. It's going gonna, it's gonna <laughs> to It's going to be so, so sick. sick. It's going to look excited. really good. Well, I'm yeah. glad you like it. Yeah, good job. Fucking crushed it. So definitely, now that that's taken care of, you're going to have to pop those on the bike and then bring the bike over here, throw it in the garage, and we'll start the wiring. I'm probably just going to leave them off and then do the wiring because I don't want... The way wiring sits, I want to touch these tins until they're going on just because they look good and I don't want to... My tins are fucking wrapped in trash bags and then wrapped in sweatshirts and then put on the top shelf of my closet. <laughs> yeah. That's where like, actually that's where mine are gonna end up. I get pissed off at my wife if she goes in to grab one of her jackets out of the closet. I'm like, did you touch my tank? <laughs> <laughs> this shit's sitting a little askew on the shelf right now. So babe, just so you know, when you listen to this, uh, those tanks are gonna find a nice spot which you I've probably nice. already fought <laughs> neon. But yeah, don't touch my tins. <laughs> Oh, man, for sure. So I think we kind of touched on that, and we should jump into next steps here, which we talked a little bit about before we actually started recording, which is getting the full setup going in the garage to work on these bikes. Yeah. Obviously, we got the space now. We have some work to do. We got a lot of work to do. I'm looking forward to working on the garage. Yeah. It's going to have to be strategically planned for it to be able to... Because building bikes, you know, it takes a lot. You need a lot of fucking shit, like we talked about with the list. Right. You need a lot of shit, and not only do you need that shit, but you still need room to be able to do what you have to fucking do. So, like you were saying, like me and you talked about it. I talked about bringing the steps out a little bit. Yeah. And you had a, a great fucking valid point. Like, we need to get the garage situated, figure out where what's going where, and then start bringing bikes in. Right. Where's yeah. the welder going to go? Right. Where's the fab table going to go? 
Where's the workbench going to be? For right. sure. I feel like even though it's a two-car garage, I feel like it's going to end up being a one-bike-at-a-time workspace because oh, it's not that big. Right. If well, you really have, like, if you have a fab table and you have... And like, like one a, thing that I used to use that is... I feel like everybody that is building a shop... Like, if you're going to build more than one job, if you have one, if you're only doing one job and you're like, fuck this, I'm never doing this again, you right. can get by with grinders and sawzalls and whatever. Sure. But if you're going to build more than one build, getting a... Holy fuck, I just like built that up so much and forgot. Pneumatic? <laughs> what the fucking tool was? No, the, um, holy shit. Um, is it air tool or electric tool? No, it's a saw. Um, oh, port-a-band. Yeah, the band saw. Yeah. A band saw, Portable band saw. is fucking amazing. Yeah, such a clean cut. Like, it's so, like even not, even if you have the space, get one that has like, it's a fucking stand alone. You know what I mean? It has a stand, you can just... That thing will cut through fucking anything. And it's oh, I'm talking about... So we got the... I know this goes back to what we talked about last week about not having Milwaukee grinder money if you're building a chopper. So this is about to be the complete opposite of that. But if you don't... If you don't have Milwaukee grinder money but somehow have Milwaukee portable bandsaw money... I use that. When I used to do we have it at work, dude. It's sick. When I used to do fencing, I had, we had two of those, and they really are fucking amazing. The the cutting surface is not that long. Right. That's, that's the only downside. Sucks, is it, the cutting surface isn't that long, and you can fuck up a cut because it's just like using a skill saw or anything like that. It's all dependent on how you bring that blade down. Right. Like yeah, you've got to steer it through the cut. Crooked. That's, that's why I say if you have the room, get one that's on a stand, and you can just make the most perfect cleanest cuts that will cut down so much grinding so much cleaning up your edges it's great if you're going to be fabbing a lot of stuff that is true yeah so cp has it pulled up on home depot right now what is that going for cp scroll Let's that down see. 299 dollars. jesus yeah. christ all right so that's yeah see I, tool. with that price i would definitely go on craigslist i you can i can almost guarantee you can get a standalone bandsaw, a used one off of Craigslist or Facebook Marketplace for that same price. It's just a space thing, right? right? Because like, it's have like, a space. yeah, because a portable bandsaw a is, tool. yeah, bandsaw is super handy to have, but they do take up a lot and of a fucking room. Sander, that would be great. <laughs> so yeah, we got we got a lot of plans for the Grand yeah. Hall. I think the first, the most, and we talked about this with uh, Brandon, the first standalone tool that I would buy would be a lathe. Yeah. Yeah. before anything else just because it opens up so many things especially us guys building jap bikes if you've got to turn down an axle because you want to put a harley wheel on there right boom you need a lathe if you want to make a, a cool little like just design anything. on your jockey shifter you know right, like right. as the tube comes out of it you like need a lathe like when, with um when i did my hardtail i didn't have so supposedly when you order david bird hardtail you're supposed to be able to use all your stock stuff, all your stock wheel spacers, all that shit. That's not the fucking case. And I didn't have time. Like, obviously, I could have fucking like, okay, I'll order some fucking wheel spacers. Right. No. The guy that was helping me out, Rudy, he's been fucking building shops for like 50 years. He was like, fuck ordering them. Let's just turn some on the lathe. So I could have never done it personally. Because Perfect I've used example. the lathe once in my life. Sure. But he turned out all my fucking wheel spacers in like 10 minutes on a fucking lathe. So such a handy I mean, you tool. You can use them for everything, making your own bungs for you can literally I mean, make I did, and everything. I did yeah, CNC lathe work at ball bearing, and I mean we had guys who made tooling for us, 
and just watching them do that work on there, I'm like, yeah, I can enter a few fucking codes and do that, but right, <laughs> that it definitely takes some skill to figure it out. Right. But it's also like one of those things that once you start doing it, it be it's just really simple yeah, to figure it out. Once you get like, the, yeah. like the it's figuring out your tooling. Right. I think is the hardest part with using a lathe. It's yeah, just, and I don't have any of that experience at all. That's I have to learn it from start like to finish. Really knowing like. You have to go so goddamn slow. If you just jam that bit in there, like thinking, all right, I'm gonna take, I need to take a lot out. You can't just jam that bit in there because you're gonna snap the fucking tooth off. Right. You have to like take like the smallest amounts off. Like it's a little time consuming, but it's great to be like, yeah, I made those washers. I yeah, made see, those fucking spacers. And it's also like the balance of speed with that too. Like how fast you're spinning that material. That's that was true. that was one thing like. I had to do with the coding is figure out how fast I'm going to turn that lathe while moving that tooling in. Right. And some tooling, if you hit it too quick, gone. Right. And I know we talk about Chopper Bob a lot on this thing, but the reason I talk about Chopper Bob a lot is because I literally talk to this guy a few times a week and I learned so much shit from him. And if we ended up getting a lathe, that's one guy that can literally tell you anything that you ever need, like that's what he does for work with like these smallest fucking. Oh, I didn't know that's what he did. Yeah, and like he's an actual like machinist. Like he's incredible on a fucking lathe. Like absolutely ridiculous. And the work he does is like the margin. I don't. What the fuck is it called? Not the tolerance. Like, yeah, the tolerance is like these smallest tolerance. Like so like, like millions of tiny. Inch. Like yeah. Yeah, yeah, like absolute like. So his shit's on point. And, I even seen when I first met him, he was making his own setup so he could hone out, like bore out fucking cylinders and like redo cylinders on iron head. Like, damn. Yeah. So with that, I mean, I don't know. You can get a lathe right now, and I wouldn't know how to even turn the fucking thing on. Same boat. So, but I still want it. Right. And I, you I know, for sure, I gotta have Bob over here and show me how to use it. So the lathe is one thing I gotta get, and then the other thing is I need a TIG welder. Yes. So anybody out there who's looking at TIG weld. Um, that is not looking to spend a fuck ton of money on it. Uh, if you are a welder and you've been on the internet, you've probably seen Jody Collier's videos from uh, Welding Tips and Tricks YouTube channel. And he just did a giveaway, like uh, at this point, it was probably a year ago, for the uh, AHP Alpha TIG 200X. So obviously it's not a Lincoln or a Miller. It's not a, you know the American assembled machines, but um, oh. I know, I know. But for 750 bucks, I think probably 20, 30 bucks on shipping, you can get a fuck ton yeah, of welder. Yeah, 10 shitloads per metric <laughs> fuck ton. You got this shit pulled up on Google right now. So you can get a lot of welder for 750 bucks, and for me, that's probably the route I'm going to go because I need to be able to do aluminum now, is that and a steel. And TIG machine? No, just a TIG machine. Okay. It'll probably. I'm sure it does stick too. You're saying you want to do stick and TIG. Yeah, was it stick and TIG? Yeah, because oh, okay. uh, machines usually any TIG machine will also do stick. Obviously, MIG is a separate type of gun, but like TIG and stick being electrode based, usually you can. It comes with both. And this one does. It comes with a stinger to put like so your regular rods. what was the first one you were talking about? I think when you first did your buying take, you said it was like 1100 bucks. That one was uh, an Everlast 200, uh, I think it's DX200. 
That one, another Chinese welder company, they're bright green. The AHPs are bright yellow, and then the Everlasts are bright, like a so lime green. what's the green. difference in those two machines? So it's, it's a decent price gap. Yeah. the I mean, quite honestly, I don't think that Everlast can ask the price that they're asking. Being that both of them come with... Everlast comes with a five-year warranty. AHP is a three-year warranty. Oh, okay. Um, I, I got to ask a quick question. Yeah. Uh, what the hell are the difference in the colors that you're talking about? Oh, like, I'm just saying that like uh, if, if you see them online, it's it's easy. Like anybody, like you see a red machine, it's a Lincoln. You see a blue machine, it's a Miller. Oh, okay. These companies all have like a distinct color. and Everything they like, make is the Milwaukee same color. Milwaukee is usually red Exactly. Black. Milwaukee okay. is always red. I was just... Yeah, I'm just saying, so at a quick glance, if you happen to see online, you know, a lime green welder, it's an Everlast. So three years isn't bad, though, because I feel like if you're going to do, especially you, because you're welded by trade, I'm sure you're not just going to weld a couple things on your bike and never use that again. So three years is a good amount of time to see if that weld is going to fucking break. Yeah, it'll be a good test. I'm, I'm looking forward to testing it out that way, too, because I feel like if I can get $700 out of it, that's fine. In the future, I'll buy you know Lincoln Square Wave and and run or, with that. That's fifteen hundred bucks though. Or you so do it's some like shady shit like I would do, and like right before that three years ran up, I would run that shit into the ground. <laughs> we gotta see what that uh, see what that just, warranty covers first. Just hold it at R per hour. Like, yeah, like, I don't know. Up. <laughs> run that fucking duty cycle way beyond. But basically, I need something that I can do aluminum and steel because. I went back and forth. Everlast makes a $500 welder that just does steel. Right. You know, just DC only. Um, and then obviously aluminum is welded on AC. If you're not a welder, that's the difference there. It's an AC-DC machine. <laughs> can do aluminum on AC or regular steel on DC, direct right. current and alternating current. And plus um, we have that MIG. Right. Yeah. We've got a Lincoln Handy MIG, which is right. not a bad machine, honestly. It's, it's strictly running on FlexCore right now, but we were talking about this before the show. And get that C25. That's 100% going to gas. Yeah. ASA fucking yesterday. Yep. That thing needs gas like big time. Like. <laughs> and that machine's nice because it runs on 110. Um, right. So it's easy to, to bring it and it's super fucking light. Yep. And the, the, nice, the nice thing about the AHP too is it's uh, an inverter. Um, the, the older machines is what you guys had locked tight at your old job. Those gigantic, like three foot by three foot machines. Those are transformer machines. Right. And they're Miller? transformer. Any the transformer machines by Lincoln and Miller, and those they're huge because those transformers. Yeah, the thing is fucking monstrous. Yeah, you you could never pick it up, and now they've got inverter machines yeah. nowadays, which are like lunchbox size. Every time you turn it's blind on, on everybody. An instant headache. <laughs> I don't know how you look at that all day. But um, yeah, so the transformers are wicked small. Right. This AHP, you could just set it on right your bench top. Nice. Yep. And it does everything it needs now, to. You still get 200 that, amps out of it. Is that something you're thinking is try to keep, like set up an actual welding area? Or do you want to put these mobile on carts? It's definitely going to be on a cart because as I found at work, even the, I have a fab table at work and my welders are both on carts. Right. I've got... We use Miller's uh, at work, and we've got uh, Dynasty 210, which is fucking sweet. Or maybe they just call it Dynasty 200. But um, that one, like a water-cooled TIG machine, yeah. that thing is fucking amazing. And then we've got a, uh, a spool gun. We're running a spool gun on the other one. So that's got like the two bottles on the back. One is C25 gas if you want to run a steel MIG. Yeah. And then the other one is 
100% argon for doing spool gun MIG. Right. So it's basically like doing MIG aluminum. Um, those machines are a couple grand each. Yeah. I would love to have the, the TIG, the, the Miller Dynasty that 210. That would have to be in the, like, after you start pulling in side jobs. Yeah. Well, if I, I mean, that's what I want to get to at some point is start taking in some side work. Um, fix my boss's dad came in. He smashed his boat as he was loading the boat into the dock. He showed us the photos. Yeah, he that. smashed yeah. like a half dollar sized hole right in out his of the prop. Yeah, <laughs> and not not the uh, not the propeller, the fucking the the unit. I don't know what you call it because I'm not familiar with. I don't own a right. boat, but the, there's a propeller attached to the motor, and then there's the actual piece that houses the motor. Yeah, cast aluminum piece. So funny, funny story about that. There's a guy at my work who just bought a brand new boat. Yeah, I wouldn't say new to him boat, and uh, he hit a rock, and he, I think he broke the out. same piece. And I was like, hey, I got a buddy who could probably weld that up for you. He's like, Oh no, I cracked it right through. I go, He's a pretty fucking good welder. Like, <laughs> hit yeah. him up, and he's like. No, 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 I'm just going to replace the whole thing. I'm like, why? Well, I mean, you can't, that's what a lot of guys do is because, and like, before you sent that picture, I would have never, because like you said, it's like a cast, like it's a weird. Cast aluminum like is, is think, difficult, yeah. yeah you wouldn't think that a weld was, because it's, like it's like a grainy kind of metal almost. Because it's cast, yeah, it's right. very porous. Right, exactly. so a and lot oil of guys gets like, into that, the, right. the casting guys like, fuck it, because that lower end is a single piece. You can drop that lower end off and put a new lower end on it, so that's. Gotcha. Usually, what guys do, yeah, and that's like a common thing with boating is, because that's the that part that you fix faces towards the front of the boat. So if you hit something, that's what's fucking getting hit. That's where you're hitting. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's a, that's a real common problem with boating. <laughs> I remember hearing about it on uh, that welding tips and tricks YouTube channel was that he did a lot of work for the marinas mm -hmm. because people would come in they and they that exact repair, and that's yep. why when his dad was like, "Can you fix this?" I was like, "I'm so fucking excited." to get the chance to work on one of these because he's like if it if it can't be fixed it can't be fixed but have at it and i was like awesome so i cut a piece of aluminum like regular aluminum stock yeah. thick like quarter inch and then shaped it to fit over the hole and then you know ran a bead around the outside and it gets a little tricky too because you have to before you even weld anything you got to strike an arc and heat up that whole area right. get a little preheat to it and also cook some of that oil out because you're dealing with cast aluminum which is slightly porous right and you've got all the oil because it's an oil bearing chamber right so all that oil cakes in there and if oh. you try to weld through it you're just gonna fucking there's Sounds gonna be air bubbles and fuck. shit yeah, through that, all the your end oils. result on that though was fucking amazing like Thank definitely you. props to you on that that well, I, that's why I said to this guy I was like hey I got He's already done it once. We probably could have right. fixed it. Yeah, yeah. some people and like that, the guys that don't know about boats. No, like, that's he's not, not going just, That's not just fucking, like a flat <laughs> fucking surface. Like that's a whole rounded. Yep. So it's not. It looks like, like a missile. Yeah. Right. That, and he smashed the. Basically, if you're out there listening, he smashed the tip of the missile. Yeah, he, he like broke the tip off of a cone. Like that's pretty much what it was. And. That can't be an easy thing to shape back to look normal. Like <laughs> it that. took some time. <laughs> yeah. I have the. I have in uh, one of those pneumatic. Grinding wheels, you know what I'm talking about with those those little. It's like it's uh, Mac tools makes yeah. it. I got it off the Mac truck when we. They, I used to work at a shop that they came by, and it was like, I remember paying like 120 for the two of them, the pair mm -hmm. of like one is a straight for cutoff wheels and one yeah. is a 90 degree for grinding wheels. Yeah. And I think I paid like 120 bucks, and I was like, this is, 
so much that's fucking money for such a tiny bad. little tool. Yeah, and then I saw it, you can't even get them for, yeah. you, like one of them will cost about a hundred bucks. Right. And I got the pair, so right. I feel better about it now and I, I used it on 90. that repair. I have the 90 one for like a small like right. standing disc. Yeah, auto body shit. And yeah. I want to say I paid like, I think mine's Mac too. It's either Mac or um, Snap-on. But yeah. that thing itself was like, I want to say close to a hundred bucks. I have yeah. one Snap-on tool. That's the only Snap-on tool I have. And that's because I bought yeah. it off of somebody that quit at the mechanic place I was at. There you go. That's one <laughs> way to get it, right? But uh, yeah, so the point we're getting at with all this is there's a lot of shit you could do that whole repair was like, it was sub 200 amps, right? So this, this AHP is not as great as the machine I did that repair with, but if it can hold a steady AC arc and give me 200 amps to play with, right. I'm sure I'll be able to make it work. I just gotta get somebody who's uh, better at wiring than me to come out here and help me put a 200 amp extension out into the garage because I don't have that right now. My brother would probably be able to help you with that. Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah, congrats on to him too. That fucking just, what was that, a couple months ago? He got journeyman status? Yep, he uh, graduated and uh, he's, I believe he's a journeyman now. What's his handle? Uh, Mr. NASCAR, right? Yeah, Mr. NASCAR 88, I believe. Let me double check. Yeah, he he could definitely be of... (laughs) Did you just spin Rep of the, the Tanzuni shirt? <laughs> <laughs> that's for you, Kyle. That's, that's for you, bro. <laughs> that's bro. <laughs> so, yeah, back to that subject. So, right now, as the Garage Mahal stands, it's strategically planning on getting the shit that we need as well as still having the space to work on the bikes. Right. Because everybody's seen that shop where you pile all the bikes in. Right. And then it's just a, it's just a pile of bikes. Right, yeah. And there's nowhere to work on them. And I want to... I want to make sure that when people come here, they get shit done. Right. You know that like they know, come and they're like, "Yep, boom, let's get right. to this." And there's space for them and to you do know, it. With like building choppers and having a garage, plus we do the podcast, we meet a lot of guys. You're right. gonna have garage rats. Of course. Like you're gonna have the guys that are just gonna come here, shoot the shit, aggravate the fuck out of you when you're trying to get work done. <laughs> so you gotta have a space for them as well. That's true. But that's what we got I mean, over here. And all of this is happening right now, like. You guys know Greece just moved into this place, so they're completely like revamping this place, like painting everything, getting shit like unpacked. Plus, we're trying to get the garage squared away. Plus, we're trying to build the fucking studio to do the podcast. Trying to get the we're side chick running. Bikes. <laughs> like, oh my god, dude! There's a lot, and plus, we're still trying to get shows and like come up with content every week. It's a lot of fucking shit. So bear so, with us. We'll yeah. have a cool spot hopefully by winter time. It is. We're <laughs> hoping to make it to where people can. If you're a fan of the podcast and you know where Londonderry, New Hampshire is, well, you could swing by. And actually, we just had uh, Nick Ferrero. This is mind blowing here. This is uh, Twinsies. The Twinsies connected. <laughs> the Twinsies did connect. So, as you guys know, obviously, we know each other from our clubbing days. I always went by Greece, and that's what we, that's what they call me now. But my actual name is Nick Farrow. And I had to do a double take once a listener of the podcast hit me up, whose name is Nick Ferrero. And speaking of that, when we went live on the battleship, Nick Ferrero was... He <laughs> still came, makes me laugh every time He I hear got it. on the fucking pod. He was on the live video. like He was like, hey, what's up, guys? And I thought it was fucking you. 
So I start like talking to you through the, I'm like, what's up, brother? We fucking bitch you, blah, blah, blah. And then I was like, oh shit. I even called him and he ended up on the live feed. I was like, why am I on the screen now? He's like, you, I'm watching his ear for a few minutes because he's like, babe, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, and like at that point, that's when I realized it wasn't you. I was like, who the fuck is this dude with Grease's phone? Oh my god! Yeah, I forgot about that whole half of the story too. That he fucking yeah jumped in on the live feed and actually shared screen. So Nick Ferrero came by on the uh, Intruder Chop, eight hundred Intruder. I forget what year it was, but uh, this thing is fucking sweet. I love it, to it's see. It's a cool build. I like it. It's unique. You know, you don't see. We we have pictures of this up. On the page right now. And um, he, if you guys shoot him a stop following him, he did. Uh, I think he put up a couple of posts as well. Yeah, and that's Nick underscore Ferrero underscore music. The double Ooh. underscore life. Two underscores. <laughs> I know. I don't know if you heard the podcast where we talked about the, the underscores. Other, about the other guys. So I put this up when I was in the emergency room, that post I made about the amount of people reaching out to us now. And it's not, at first, it was strictly like Northeast guys. But now, like we talked on the last episode, we had that guy from Texas. We just had a guy from, um, what was it, Tennessee? That was talking about coming up to hang yep. out. Yeah. We had a guy from Florida fucking hitting us up. Yeah, saying, um, you know, my casa, su casa. Right, like, yeah. Guy from Florida, he's never so, met us. He's like, if you guys Can you find Florida, his, uh, he send us a message? Uh, I believe so. Yeah, you keep Look, talking. Oh, no, it was, uh, no, it was in, um, it was in one of our pit, uh, posts that we did. Because, yeah, I believe it was No, it's, it's, uh, haunt... Uh, Hanukkah Raw it's H-O-N-A-K-E-R-A-W that's the dude from Florida sent us a bunch of pics of what he's got going on and put us in touch with a couple of people that um, do some great work down in his area so huge shout out to him we yeah, always like, appreciate that's what that I love is like he just opened up his place to us if we're ever in Florida which is fucking awesome which Especially, I actually will be probably sometime next year that's true your dad yeah so. CP's yeah. uh, parents live in Florida, and that's it's it's super awesome to see people reaching out like that just as the chopper community. Because us coming from a clubbing background, and having been a part of a club that was in a states, nas- right. yeah, a national, national club, club, it's like it's nice to see that people. It's a familiar thing when you right. like somebody you've never met who lives in another state is like you're welcome at my place anytime. And, and I've said this a couple. Of, I don't know if I ever said it on air, but I know I've definitely talked about it to you guys and other guys in the chopper community but i feel like the chopper community as a whole kind of runs off the same principles as a club like it, you still have like that tight knit thing even the guys that you don't know you've i don't know how to explain it <laughs> you know what i'm saying though yeah it's something that it's hard to explain right in itself it's like you know it's like it doesn't matter if you're the guy who you know wrenches in your garage or the guy who, like, you know, here we go, Chopper Bob, can turn his own parts. Only five times per episode, guys. Yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> That's <'cause> that. <laughs> I say, if you guys don't know him, once you meet him, you'll understand but, why I was talking on. about him. The guy is just a book of... He's been doing this for so long. It's hard not to talk about him because he's gone through everything. He has so much knowledge and I've learned right. so much from him, so I, that's why I always bring him up. 
But and he's my dad. I stole him from Brandon. Oh, you did? Yeah. Okay. It's official. We signed the uh, adoption papers tomorrow morning. Oh yeah, we were talking about if he recommended him as a dad. So yeah. I see he's been scooped up. No yeah, longer he, a free yeah. agent. Uh, yeah, I got him on clearance. Nice uh, at Target. Anyway, and, yeah. He, anyway, let's just move on. So, from there. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> we're going on to a little after, chopper after love I, affair. After I get adopted, I'm an official fucking expert chopper builder. There you go. Um, but like, you know, it doesn't matter if you build in your garage or you, you know, you're a professional, like, it's just awesome how they'll just walk up to you and be like, yo, tell me about your bike. Right. Like, what do you got here? And it doesn't, they don't care if it like, looks like something's going to fall off. They'll be like, Hey, nice zip tie. I like how you chose the green one because it went with your bike. Right. Everybody understands. Yeah, absolutely. And that fucking, uh, Nick Ferrero, let me take his bike for a spin. I, I rode that shit up and down the road. Yeah, I was just watching the video. When of I that. seen that video, I was like, "You literally just met this dude." Dude, I like, never yeah, met him before. He came right by the house, and it was crazy because I was chopping down a tree when he came, and I flagged him down with an axe at the end of the driveway. Just doing the most manly fucking t- thing. He was dressed <laughs> like a bear prior to the street chopping. <laughs> it was the most ridiculous. I'm just thinking, like, this kid probably is like, what the fuck did I just pull up into? He just see somebody waving an axe no, from a tree at the end of the driveway. He did not, because I saw the photos of his bike. He did not give a fuck. He saw me with the axe. Like, my people. <laughs> and in we go. I saw that tall-ass sissy bar from the road, because he, he blew by that house the first time yep. and I saw like a sissy bar higher than his head and I'm like I know that's I know that's, that's him it's yeah. gotta be <laughs> for sure and uh yeah he came back he let me take the bike for a spin and that thing fucking rips so how was that because I know you've been was, jockey shifting and oh, clutching for a long fucking uh, yeah. time yeah so to be honest if you go to his page um Nick Ferrero music there's underscores in there I'm not gonna explain them but uh <laughs> it was you could watch the video where I'm trying to remember how you even shifted into gear. I literally look like in that video. If you saw that and didn't know me, you'd be like, "This guy's never ridden a motorcycle before." Because I, heard I, you like, what is it, I get down? on and I go, "Is it down or up?" To get it <laughs> into first, and I, I honestly, I couldn't remember. It's opposite. It's been through. Well, it's not that it's opposite. It's just it's that just you're not your doing hand. it it's with a your different motion. Yeah. with your hand, and yeah, it's with jockey. It's for One mine pop. at least. It's forward and backward. Right. It's not up and down. Oh, okay. It's like toward the front tire or toward the back tire. Right. Um, it shifts off the spline, the same like spline that uh, a, a foot peg would, but you're going from up, down to forward and back, and my, my brain couldn't While put it we're together. we're talking about jockey shifts, if there's any of you guys that listen that are local to this area that have an Evo with a jockey shift, and like you, no, I'm not trying to buy anything. I want to build my own shit, but if you have ideas on like a way that you know for sure fucking works, hit me up. I'll definitely, I'll fucking buy you all the beer you want. Tell them what kind of controls you got. Yeah, I got forward controls. You're going to buy their beer? You're going to buy me beer? No. I got beer upstairs. You don't have to worry about that. Figure out how to do my jockey shit, then I'll buy you beer. All right. But yeah, anybody that can help me out with that, um, I mean, it's, me and Grease can definitely figure it out, but it'd be nice to have somebody that's done it and knows exactly what fucking works. For sure. Definitely. Yeah, travel length on the arm. That's the first right. thing I think of. Like, Because I, I know how I would rig that cable up to your forward controls. It'd be more of a pain in the ass to do with mids. Right. But with forward controls, it's like I had that struggle when I was setting up mine. was like how where on the arm do you want to mount it? Because you got the higher up you go toward the peg, the more throw you get as right. you push it. It's going to be more like a... we had that problem when I first put the rigid... Uh, 
frame on. Right. Uh, for, I mean, whatever, for whatever fucking reason, after I chopped it, I could not reach my forwards anymore. It just was not fucking happening. <laughs> so it was like I had to go to fucking mids and grease. That was one thing that he said. He's like, if you go to mids, making this jockey ship is going to be so much fucking harder. So luckily the fucking forwards I had, they had, it's almost like an S. So I could, I just turned them 180 degrees and thankfully it gave me just enough. So I still got the forwards. So if you can fucking hook me out. For sure. I'd appreciate it. And a, and a quick shout out too to a kid that you hooked up with some info. Uh, LFOD603 had reached out. We were talking before we dove into this about oh, how we appreciate people reaching out. He had the Evo and he was yeah. looking to clean up the motor a little bit. Yep. Yeah, I feel your pain on that. I think he said, what do you say? The, the 88 Sportster. 88. Yeah, so it's a year newer than my Sportster. If you guys seen, if you go to my page, the Loctite underscore Sporty Build, you can see what my bike looked like when I first got it, and that thing was fucking atrocious. It underscores like it all over it. It had the fucking bob tank. It had every bullshit fucking part you could think of. It also had this headlight that would not fucking stay attached. Yeah, the headlight. Hey, that's how I got my name, so I appreciate that bike. But, yeah, that motor on that thing was fucking disgusting. Um, yeah, so I hooked him up, told him how I did it, and hopefully that worked out. Fucking hit us back and let us know if it worked out, and if any of you guys want to know how I did it, hit me up and I'll get into that in the next show. No doubt. That's awesome. So, yeah, I feel like this... Let's talk about... So, so we finished the garage thing. Yeah. We'll talk about our plans for the studio to make this... Yes, that was the last thing. This, better for you guys because right now i know if you go back if you have the time or you're fucking whatever go back and listen to the first episode it was so and i'll say this like i don't give a fuck because that that first episode got us to where we are right now yeah but if you listen that first episode that was recorded on my fucking cell phone in the front seat of my subaru wagon because my kids are fucking obnoxious sometimes and so loud yeah it is just it's terrible and if you go back and listen to all those episodes, every episode progressively gets better every fucking time. The content's no. obviously better. The sound is better. We went from a cell phone to There's one mic mics. hanging from a ceiling to now we have two mics, two pop filters, two mic stands, the laptop, the fucking interface. <laughs> we have everything. So we're getting there. Yeah. So right now we're recording a small room. Um, Brandon and Maddie got to see this. Yeah, they're the Last only episode. ones that have seen the studio. It was, it's fucking super tight for having that many people. But, um, so a quick layout, like, Grease's house upstairs, downstairs is the basement, and the right on the other side of the basement is the garage and hall, which works out perfect because of the door that goes right from each. Yeah, you could walk around the back of the house. They don't connect because there's cement wall in between them. Right. But, um, you can walk right out the back door, and then in the garage, you're standing right in front right. of it. Right. So, so his it's basement, like, it's it's fucking sweet. The boiler's down here, whatever. We don't use that room. But there's a small room. There's a bathroom. And then there's a, another whole, like a, a bigger room. That's going to be the room eventually for the studio. We're hoping to make it more comfortable. Maybe get a couple couches. For sure. It's going to, it'll be better. So. We want it to be comfortable for people who right. come by. Yeah, you want guys to come chop it up with us and all that. Yeah, and yeah. that's, you know. Just being able to pop in, sit down, record a few bites, and yeah. then even if you got nothing to say, just in itself, just hanging out while like Maddie loved it when on the episode two, was it episode two he was on the yeah. DP recap episode two, yes, and he loved it. He was there. We actually recorded his segment first, 
And then we went back and recorded the beginning of the episode. He just oh, yeah. stayed and like, he, he liked it. it was, so even if you guys don't have nothing to talk about, you just want to come hang out and fucking Drink some see beers, how it gets done. Chill. We're trying to make that space for you. Definitely. Yeah. That'll be good. Yeah, the only reason we're not over there right now is because that room is a little big and the downstairs hasn't been finished yet. Right. So like the, it's all drywall. It's, it's basically looks like an in-law apartment down here, but they pulled the floors up. So all the floors are cement right now. Right. And I think we can even it echoes a lot. That. I think the biggest part about that bigger room, like you were just saying, is the echo. Yeah, right. We need so, to get, we need to get a, a, maybe a rug down there. If anybody that's, that's listening to like, has done like sound recording stuff and has any has a good deal on foam, we're yeah, looking to coat the whole foam. thing in yeah. foam. So I was actually reading, now that you're talking about that, it's not good to do the entire wall. From what, from what from what I read in the videos, you're I've supposed seen. to just do if segments. You do, yeah, if you do the entire wall, it almost sounds soundproofs it, and it'll make your mic not sound. I don't know, it makes it sound different. So I say to do like certain areas. Like there's actually a layout that shows you like you want it behind the mic on a like because it's like I know you guys can't see what I'm doing. I'm just pointing around like a fucking yeah. madman right now. Right, I'm just like, like yeah, you guys know what I'm, I'm fucking like I'm talking about. Right? Braille in the fucking air right now, but <laughs> you want like you want like the phone behind the mic, and then the next point is like off to your right hand corner, your left hand corner. So there's like certain spots to hook it up. So that's our next step. Once we get in there, paint everything, figure out what we're doing with the floor, get the fucking room acoustically sounded <laughs> definitely so and some couches in there for people right. to hang and yeah. hopefully a mini fridge we need a mini fridge oh yeah that's for where sure. we gotta put the beer all the beer so much beer IPA we need an IPA sponsor Pipe Dreams I know you're local right in Manchester fucking hook us up oh yeah we'll there stop by three sure. steps right down the street from you you can just pick up a case on the, every Tuesday we'll give you guys a shout out hey yeah tag them we'll tag them when we throw this post up sure sounds good I always see bikes parked out there, so they gotta be fucking, they gotta be digging in. If you wanna capitalize on that market, Pipe Dreams, let me tell you. <laughs> we got plenty of people that like to do that. Beer. You just got two drops, and we don't even have you as a sponsor yet. That's Imagine right. the possibilities, people, <laughs> of if you sponsor us and help us to achieve this awesome studio. Fuck yeah. And that goes for everybody else. I, we were talking about this a little bit as well. I know it's still kind of a new podcast, but. We're fucking cranking up pretty fast. The listens are going up every week. We get yeah. more people tuning in. The page is getting more fucking likes on Instagram, all that bullshit. So anybody interested in becoming a sponsor, hit us up. We'll give you the details on that. And then, uh, yeah, that's it. I mean, it's kind of a no fucking brain. If you have anything to do with the chopper community as parts or anything else, this is probably the best advertisement you're going to get. Because we the strictly talk to the guys that are buying your shit. Absolutely. Sure. Good deal. Yeah. So, hey, I mean, I feel like we touched on a, a shit ton of stuff on a bunch of different topics. So, obviously, a little all over the place tonight, but feedback we keep getting from people is keep they want to hear here. more of the real shit. They yeah. want to hear people, you know, just chit-chat about what the fuck is going on in their, in their lives and how the all the shit in between, basically. So I feel like tonight we right. got into a lot of that in between. Right. And also, I just want to throw, if any of you guys have questions that you want us to dig into, you don't have to wait for the Q&A section to come back up. We'll, yeah, we talk, sure. We're going to talk about that. We're going to try to make that like an annual thing if you guys are down with it. Not like every fucking week or maybe like every couple months. Yeah. But like, um, if you guys have questions, episodes. just fucking hit us up. We don't mind looking into shit if we don't know. 
So yeah, it gives us the opportunity yeah. to learn too right. if it's it not something that we already about. know. So yeah, what questions you fucking have? Yeah, or we just reach out with you with feedback in general. I know every podcast says this, and it gets really tired hearing it again and again. But for us, we're three guys in a room making content that it seems like everybody's digging. But if there's a place that you're waiting for this to go, say it. Right. Shoot yeah. us a message. We're right. easy to get a hold of. And like we've said that from the start. Like that's why we started this was strictly because we want to fucking hear from you guys. We want it to be an interaction thing with the people that listen to this fucking podcast. Yeah, I mean, there was like, um, I gave uh, Astro Man some shit because he went to the fair and I saw him post about it. <laughs> okay, was, so let's let's get in. Let's make was, this a, a this is a designated fucking what happened at your job this week. Oh, okay. Because all three of us have some shit to talk about. So, here. so I worked all Labor Day weekend at the fair. Crushed it. Crushed it. There was yeah. no fucking labor-free weekend. No, no, nope, I, <laughs> I was making that money. And uh, I guess Astro Man was there because I saw him post a picture with his kid in front of the big bull. And he's like, oh, I didn't know, I didn't see you there. And I'm like, dude, the I could see the bull all fucking day. Like, I'm the fucking maple syrup guy. How do you not see me? <laughs> but it's all good. It's all good because... There was like 70 people at the fair, so yeah, you couldn't miss me yelling cotton candy every five seconds, but um, yeah, the only I'd say the only shit that happened this week for me at work was uh, we lost 40 gallons of syrup, which burned my boss, so he was not happy about That's that. That's so rough, too. And like we were talking about earlier, 40 gallons of syrup is... And like this is finished fucking maple syrup. Yeah, this is stuff that's been um, been through the whole the whole boiling process. And like I feel like a lot of guys don't know because I didn't know until my buddy did the maple syrup thing. But it takes forty more. gallons of sap right. to make. This is an average too. It takes forty gallons of sap to make one gallon. Of syrup. Do you love how random like we do <laughs> choppers to how to make maple syrup? I'm just that's saying. what you get on this fucking <laughs> podcast. And you can see him over there. He's looking at his phone like, these motherfuckers are talking about so The last week of Jesse James this week is fucking how-to maple syrup. I'm actually, I'm te- my brother's texting me to throw in a couch out, and I'm trying to scoop it up for the podcast. Oh, perfect. I need, see, we need some people to Fucking hashtag free on. couch. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> so, yeah, that spilled all over the floor. So he was, you know, obviously, yeah. He we got the couch. Fuck Sorry. Yeah. Sweet. That's we got right. a couch. Fuck so, it. All right, so today, all right, I'll go. So I'll go into my news. Are you done with your news? Yeah, I'm done okay. with it. So, I know the past. I don't know how many times I threw my old work under the bus and said fuck them, but I legit said fuck them, and left. And uh, the reason being is when I went there, it was supposed to be my foot in the door doing fab work, like what Greece does, like actual fab work, building shit. And they sold me a pipe dream. They pretty much like got what I was looking for, and then told me that's what they had for me. And that was not the fucking case. Like, I did not weld at all in three months. I never even turned a fucking welder on. Crazy. All these welding machines, they never turned on the whole time I was there. There was no fab at anything. There was, you take a fucking sheet of uh, sheet metal or fucking aluminum, put it on, laser cut it, put it in a fucking um, brake press, and bend it. That's not fucking fab work to me. That's using a machine and fucking bending metal. Right, just production line shit. I don't want to do that shit. shit. I'm not, I can't be on production line. I don't want to make 800 of the same fucking parts. That's not what I'm into. So, 
I said, fuck that shit. As much as I want to be in the fab world, that's not the route that I'm looking to go. So uh, my buddy started a towing company. I used to tow back in the day. So now I'm towing again, which is fucking great because I literally just drive around, get to deal. I meet so many fucking strange people. It's absolutely insane the people that I meet. <laughs> a lot of funny fucking stories, shit that I didn't need to know that I have found out, which is whatever, man. It makes a fucking day go by. But uh, yeah, today I was on my last fucking run and I'm driving, so I'm driving a flatbed tow truck. It's not small. Yeah. I see a computer chair with a free sign on it. I locked those motherfuckers up. I was like, <laughs> stood on those fucking brakes trying to get myself a rolly chair for this motherfucker. Oh my God, that's fucking awesome. Put it in reverse. I got a Nissan, um, I have a maximum on the bed of my truck. Yep. Put it in reverse. <laughs> Back up to the chair. This thing was ratted. Could not take it. It was, it was oh, in bad shape. Oh, damn. I was going to say, why are you rolling around right now? It was like, in bad shape. I had to peel off of that one. But I, that's the dedication of the podcast. I don't think you would have let me bring that shit in your house. There might have been mice in there. It we been killed bad, one on the yeah. last podcast. We don't need to do that again. It would have been a bad situation. So I'm on the lookout for a rolling chair. Hopefully, I'm going to be going for all three of us. Oh, Minnie's dad, or uh, uncle, mm. whoever that was, looking out for some stuff. That's right, yeah. He does, does some demo work, right? Yeah, he does the stuff that I used to do. He clears out places, like uh, UNH, and whenever, whenever somebody leaves and leaves all the shit, he goes and clears it all out. So he always gets fuckloads of stuff. So he's on the lookout for us to get us some free shit. And uh, also my old boss, when I did the... When you uh, were doing the, the clear foreclosed stuff. Yeah. So uh, he just downsized. It's just him and his buddy that do that now. But uh, they come into all kinds of like machining tools and lathes and all that shit. So I told him he's on the lookout as well. Any Perfect. shit that comes to like that. So, I mean, we got eyes out there. And if you guys got anything, you see any good fucking deals, hit us up. Or you got a couch you don't need. Yeah. yeah you got a desk sure. you've been trying to get rid of forever. Yeah. We'll bring over the case of beer and. We'll swap out right there. Yeah. Right. Hey, we're not trying. We're not trying to pawn this shit. You know, we're yeah. trying to get this. We're trying to get a comfortable setup so that guys on chops can come through the garage, chill, drink a beer, come record. And when we do these recordings, there's plenty of seating room so everybody can chill in the room, be comfortable. Right. We want it to be a fun, inviting spot for people. I, I mean, get more guys. I don't know how you guys feel, but yeah. I want to get more guys on like Brandon and like people. There was that one guy that said, best episode ever. I want, and I think that's what you guys want to fucking hear, is that I want you guys, if you have a fucking story, hit us up. Yeah. Fucking get down here. If Wednesday or Tuesdays when we record doesn't work for you, let us know. We'll try to fucking plan a weekend or something. Have a cookout and fucking lay something down. Yeah. So hit us up. No doubt. You got anything else? Yeah. anything? Anything good happen to your work? I think well, we just smashed a door halfway out of its frame <laughs> today. I do. Uh, I mentioned it in one of the previous episodes. We do all aluminum uh, handmade trailers. These things are like wicked fucking nice. Badass. Super the light aluminum trailer. Yeah, it, it's uh, durable. D u r a b u l l trailers on Instagram. Definitely check them out. I I mean like, I would lust after one of these fucking things. I'm just building them right now, but every time one rolls out the door, a little tear rolls down my eye, and I'm like, yeah. holy shit. I, we just did one for a guy that wanted it for a motorcycle, so he did, uh, it was two, um, well, I guess you got four D-rings to tie one bike down, and then a little back and to the side of that so that the handlebars wouldn't hit each other. They, like, staggered them. Yeah. You yeah. got another four on the other side, so he could tie two bikes down in the trailer, and this whole trailer was, like, 
you just got to take a look at the pictures. Now, of would them. you guys like if somebody wanted one designed for bikes? Would you guys put like the wheel locks and shit in there for them? We or did. Like, oh yeah, this, this had like, yeah wheel, wheel chocks. It had D rings oh, nice. to tie them down. That's fucking sweet. And they get them all through uh, Ron's toy shop in uh, Manchester. So what's yeah. like the limit? Like, will you guys just build anybody's fucking trailer? Like if a dude was like, I want the motorcycles, but I want to be able to put two speakers in the back. Oh yeah, we'll do it. We did a whole. We just did one that had one ten volt to run on a generator. We had household outlets in there. And it's going to have an AC unit in the top. Fuck. And it was literally doing like that's the type of wiring need. you get in the house. That's, that's literally what we need. Uh, but yeah, this place is insane, the let, shit that, that they build. Let's and that's, talk like on average, what are these people paying? So it's tough to say because they do it. Um, we Some only custom. sell – like if say somebody want, who's listening to this wanted a trailer, you can't just come to us and, and buy a trailer. You trailer. go to Ron's Toy Shop, which is a trailer dealership, okay. and you place an order – and then Ron's puts that order in. Oh, okay. And so the dealer pricing is beyond right. my... So coming to your direct... Like, they couldn't call your company back no. and make a custom trailer? No, they'd have to go through Ron's because Ron's just gets so many fucking orders. Right. And it, I, I I, don't know what the, the business logic is behind not doing direct to person. Right. Um, but uh, that we have, like, 15 trailers it, it, on order it's me and one other guy building every trailer by hand. you gotta do a pretty good turnaround we get two a week usually yeah, uh, in a good week but, but uh, I think going through the dealership just to like it, it cuts out that um, need for an administration right and you don't have people backing out yeah, of the trailer later it's yeah that's, we just, we that's get, where it's at like <laughs> they put in yeah 15 orders and we bang them out as quick as we can, which is great because I'm getting to do a ton of welding and shit. The whole reason this came up before I go down a rabbit hole talking about the, the whole business side is uh, we just – we're building a trailer right now for Snap-on. Um, Fuck. Yeah. That's, uh, so they want a, a full work truck and this thing is eight feet tall and – 16 feet long. This is before the, like the wheels and axles. Like yeah, the actual off trailer. the ground, this shit is over 10 feet tall. Damn this thing off. is huge. And I was welding the frame together today. Uh, so I like I made the walls upstairs in my little like fabrication station, which is the upstairs of this place that we have. And the walls are they were seven six. So I built them up there, and then like an idiot didn't realize. How am I going to get these fucking walls through this door and downstairs? Because <laughs> it's a regular fucking door frame. So I have this seven six wall, and I ended up having to smash the top of the door frame out and cut up through the drywall to get enough clearance to push this fucking thing out. We don't usually make trailers this tall, and I just didn't even think about it because my TIG machine's upstairs, and there's only one place for me to build these. I build all the frames upstairs. We so when I say frames, I mean the both walls, the ceiling, and like the V nose in the front of a trailer, and then yep. the, the rear door frame has like a swing down, yep. and so you could ride a bike up into right. it. So all that shit gets built upstairs. The main frame that the wheels go onto is the only part that gets built downstairs. So it's like I built all these fucking frames, and then we're like, well, they're trapped up here. So today was kind of a shit show. Smashing all that out, but we did eventually get the trailer all assembled, 
mainframe, walls, rear door frame, yep. ceiling, V-nose in the front, all welded together. And it's all spool gun, aluminum shit. I wish it was more TIG stuff, but it's definitely... It's a fucking blast. Yeah. It, it, it's, I'm learning what a ton. What job can you say, oh, well, I had to fucking break a door frame to get... <laughs> My job done. Hopefully, we'll be talking in a couple of months about how we're getting a bigger space. That's that's the talk of the town at work yeah. is we're looking for a really big space so that there is no up and down stairs. Right. There is only ever over. Right. You know, because then, you, I mean, you're talking about mul- multiple tons of aluminum getting dropped well, off. Well, I, I understand that with my work because we store our, you know, the store up in one place which is literally down the road. And then oh. we have the Sugar Shack. And then we the have... Sugar Shack. I love that. Yeah. And when then, I get a garage, that's what it's called. The Sugar Shack. <laughs> <laughs> I love I just, it. That's what I call my bedroom. But <laughs> Only this podcast. <laughs> Only this podcast. You go from fabric to maple syrup to yeah. truck driving. Right. <laughs> Bunch of fucking lowlifes. What are you talking about? Uh, but, you know, I... You know, having one space to do everything is, you know, key, especially like with what we're doing here. Yeah. You know, having, being able to have our bikes here and record at the same time. Like when I get my bike over here to do wiring, that'd be perfect because Tuesday nights, what am I doing? I'm here. Where's my bike? If we can get on track. Because I mean, right now, not for nothing, but let's see, what fucking time is it right now? 9-11. We're, nope. we're still we fucking recording. Cut that, <laughs> cut that out. We have to wait one fucking minute. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, as long as we can get it back on track. Yeah. Just not fucking bang these out earlier. It's hard because all of us fucking work during the week. But, um, yeah. I think we talked about it before, actually, about switching to the weekends. That we can do, like, family shit. Right. And, like, do have cookouts. And then, be like you said, be able to work on the fucking bikes. And My family just bought us a grill as a housewarming present. That is Gets awesome. Gets delivered next Saturday. So, That's awesome. if we do a weekend thing, it's a nice, like... I think that would be great. Three-burner weather. Like, a Sunday dinner every week. That, that would yeah. be fucking awesome. That would be That's great. Like, that would be really cool. So, that's something we got we got to look forward to. I it would be, be easier easy for guests. To get, yeah, yeah. I think it would be easy to get guests here. All right. Okay. Well, you guys... We gotta we gotta wrap it up. Are you good? So, you got yeah. anything else, Reese? I no. CP, you got anything? No, I'm good. That's it. It's Friday, motherfuckers. Grow some nut and make the fucking cut. <laughs> <laughs>